Good morning. morning. The reading for the morning is 160 in your Black Appleton Chapel Psalter book. We will read responsibly. From the unreal, lead me to the real. From death, lead me to immortality. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Before I begin my prepared remarks, I would like to ask all of us to take a moment to think about the people in Texas and now Louisiana, to take a moment to pray for them silently, and to also think of how each of us can do something to help in the days and weeks and months that come as those communities face what will be a long and difficult and trying process of bringing their lives back in order. So if we could just take a moment to think about that and send our strongest good wishes to everyone there.
Thank you. Each year since 2007, I've joined you here on the first day of classes to seize a moment of contemplation and community before the hectic work of the new year begins. I've relished this invitation and opportunity because it's enabled me to step back, to lift my sights for a few minutes from the demands of the pressing array of issues of a brand new year in order to reflect on the important and the meaningful. It's an opportunity to think not just about what we do and how, but to ask the more fundamental question of why. What is the compass that we steer by? Where is our North Star? What are the values that motivate all we do and bind us together as a community? Let me endeavor to state it flat out. We believe in the pursuit of truth as our common purpose. We believe in the power of learning and discovery to enhance human capacity and in our responsibility to develop that capacity to serve the world. We believe in the value of every member of this community and in each person's potential to contribute to the common good. We believe that our diversity offers us the strongest possible foundation for our strength because it enables us to enrich, to educate, and to challenge one another. We believe in the obligations that each of us bears toward one another and toward something greater than ourselves. Over the past several months, and most recently in Charlottesville, Virginia, we have seen loathsome demonstrations of hatred and violence, reviving the most shameful episodes of the past and foregrounding the very worst of what we have been and regrettably still are as a nation. I grew up in the 1950s in segregated, racist Virginia, in a state that endeavored to close its public schools rather than comply with the mandate for integration in the Supreme Court's Brown v. Board decision of 1954. But over the past half century, I watched the state slowly but significantly change, integrate its schools and universities, elect an African-American governor, then even vote for a black president. But on August 12th, I saw white supremacy resurgent, setting its sights on a university town with values like our own to mount its challenge and to advance its evil and its cruelty. There is much we can and should do in our academic work to understand and combat bigotry. We study implicit bias. We explore connections between intolerance and burgeoning economic inequality. We investigate how education can mitigate the cruelties of racism. And we prepare students to serve as agents of the rule of law. But as we undertake this work, with all the scholarly rigor and openness to debate that is necessary for its legitimacy and its success, we must at the same time articulate clearly and forcefully the values that inspire it. We must condemn the racism that feels free to speak in a way it hasn't for nearly half a century. We must denounce the Nazism and anti-Semitism that my father and so many others of his generation risked their lives to defeat. We must affirm the full citizenship of LGBTQ Americans 
including their right to qualify for military service. We must use the illumination of education to mitigate hatred and violence. Prejudice is taught and nurtured and modeled. Tolerance and inclusion can be as well. Education serves as the arteries of a just society. But universities cannot accomplish their purposes in a world of bigotry and hatred, in a world where people are categorically excluded and degraded, where minds are closed or overtly hostile to differences of perspective or experience or identity, where violence and threats replace rational discourse and exchange. These values are fundamental to all we do. We have been reminded that we cannot take them for granted. We cannot assume that our progress towards realizing them cannot be reversed. Let us rededicate ourselves to their defense. And let us repeat the words that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. As our president has so eloquently put it, we are inextricably linked by a common fabric of humanity and garment of destiny. And that is why we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Please, would you stand to your feet and let's sing this hymn of the church, number 27.
My friends, it's wonderful to see you all this morning. And as we prepare to leave this place, but never from God's presence, we ask actually that you would join us downstairs if you have time. We're going to have Mem Cafe. Come join us for a bottomless cup of coffee down in the student oasis. Let us look to the Lord. Life is short. Time is filled with swift transitions. So make haste to be kind. Be quick to love. Speak the truth every day. Be quick to compliment and slow to criticize. And if you do so, do so constructively. For if we do these things, we might begin to approximate what it means to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before our God. May we all say together, amen. amen.